You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, and today we're having breakfast, or at least pretending, as I spill my guts on what I feel is missing from lasting health and five truths I think that we need to sink ourselves into to really see that change. Today is going to be good. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Schirm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. A nutritionist by trade, Alexa has rebelled against common misconceptions about nutrition and has created a realistic health style that will allow you to live a healthy, satisfied, and more simplistic life. It's raw, it's real, it's unfiltered. It's Simple Roots Radio. And now your host, Alexa Scherr. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa, and as always, I just wanted to remind you that this show is dedicated to simplifying your health, allowing you to live with more purpose, more joy, and ultimately achieve the lasting health you've been looking for. To create a lasting foundation built on the love of Jesus and faith and hope that can only be found in Him. Oh, we're uncovering it all. And today it starts with this transition I'm undergoing and why I believe this could be what we've been missing all along. I'm so excited to do this together, to seek something greater, a bigger version of health that is so much more than just being all consumed in numbers and plans and programs and strategies, and rather choosing to be all consumed in something so much greater and living in health rather than for it. So today I'm going to start by breaking down where I've been lately. Hello, I know I've been MIA, my change of heart here at Simple Roots and why it's been so scary to announce. I also have five truths that I'm really letting myself sink into that I wanted to share with you and a couple of your questions at the end of that. But I have to say before I begin, I am so glad that you're here and I know I tell you all the time, but I seriously cherish you. Thank you for doing this journey with me, for allowing me to be real and raw and vulnerable and go to a place of really expressing deep parts of my soul with you. And I hope that you find this place, Simple Roots Wellness, a home for you to do the same, to be real and raw and vulnerable, to send me your emails, your your deepest questions, your concerns, and really to seek a greater version of health that is lasting. I know that together we are going to do great things and I can't wait to get started. So why not just head right into today's show? And it all begins with telling you where I've been. Because I have to be honest, and it eats me up that this show has not been more consistent than I would like. In fact, the podcast has probably been one of the most challenging and overwhelming undertakings I've had to date, mostly because I've gotten in my own head and believe my own lies that are floating around in, in my head that I'm not capable of something like this and that my words don't matter or that you don't even care. All the lies that we all struggle with every single day. And yet what I've realized in the conviction of my heart is that this as a medium in which that we can be real and honest and that verbal words have great and lasting meaning. And so I'm back. I'm back and committing to podcasting more full-time, taking it every single week and really fostering this show and helping it to become something that can not just change our health, but change our relationship with our body and our relationship with other people and ultimately create that foundation based on Jesus. Because as you'll see, this, my MIA, my my moments away have really been to search the deep parts of my soul to really understand what it is God has called me to in this path, where he wants me to go, 
And what are the answers to lasting health? Like, why has no one figured it out? Like, what are those secret answers? Of course, I want all the nitty gritty science factual answers. And when he wasn't giving me those, and it just came back to like, there has to be a firm foundation built on him. We have all these pillars of health, right? Like exercise and and nutrition and sleep and our relationships and our finances and all these things. And we try to make spirituality a pillar of health when really spirituality and our faith is the thing in which holds all of the other pillars up. And without that firm foundation, they all kind of crumble down. And that's what we see time and time again. Everyone striving and working and being all consumed and making great changes in their life, which I'm super excited about and not diminishing in any way. But yet at the same time, we're all consumed with something that never lasts. And why? And really this answer was not something that I settled on easily. In fact, it took me months and months and months of Jesus just pressing and pressing and pressing until I was like, yeah, like I get it. We have to have that firm foundation in which all other things stand and be more consumed in him than anything else. And in that, we can see a greater love for ourselves a greater love for other people, and ultimately to use health as a means to live a greater purpose. Not to live for health, but with health. And I think there's a huge change. And so that's kind of where I've been, where I've been searching and longing and seeking in the pits of my soul. And it has not been easy, this big wrestling match that I had. But in that process, I I learned five truths about health that really no one is talking about because in some degree, they're not as easily measured as say calories or points or a number on the scale, right? We want numbers. We want things to make logical sense that we can calculate and download an app for. But really when we get into the deep parts of health, it is so much more. And these five truths, I really think are going to be a home, a base, a foundation for where Simple Ritz Radio is going and is headed. And I hope that you're just as excited because I believe without these truths, We really have nothing to stand on. And so Simple Roots Radio is going here, but I can tell you that we're still bringing home the true health information about how you can create nutritional changes and exercise changes and relationship changes. But even more are these five truths. And I really hope that we can base this podcast off of these, that these can be the foundation in which all the other things are built. So I hope you're excited. That's a really brief synopsis of where this is going and where I think it's headed But I hope you can tell that I'm passionate about this, I'm excited for this, and we can see where it goes. So let's begin with the first truth. Five truths that I've learned that I've had to wrestle with and settle in my own life. Truth number one is that I've kind of, I've kind of already said this one, but Christ is the firm foundation. I believe what I've learned about health and what I've sought and prayed and fallen on my face to know is that Without Christ as a center, without the hope and the saving grace of who Jesus is, we really don't have anything to live for at the end of the day. So having the hope in Jesus, the foundation of living for something greater, having the eternal perspective, knowing what we're called to do, living with passion, knowing maybe it's knowing our purpose here on earth really helps us to walk that path of health, and to make wiser decisions. Because ultimately, when we know and when we believe as Christ, when we have that saving grace, when we have that saving faith, we believe that God loves us so deeply, right? The deepest rut in our life has to be that Jesus loves us, that God loves us 
more than we can ever know. And in that, he created us perfectly in his image. And so there's all these lies out there and all these plans and programs that try to teach us that our body is working against us, that we have to outsmart our body and outthink our body and outwork it. And I used to be one of them. I used to push people so hard in a gym just thinking, if you just work harder, if you just push through the pain, then things will change. But really, there's, there's no change in that. Uh, we can't outsmart our body. We can't outthink it. It was created perfectly in health and our body ultimately wants to be healthy more than we'll ever give it credit for. So I think in having this deepest root in our life being the love of God, we can then start to fill our own vessels with love and overflow with this so that we can give it. We can live in self-love and also give love to others, which is just as healing. We know that science has proven that, that the act of giving is extremely healing in our body and actually changes the hormonal chemistry that's happening inside of us for the better. So that's truth number one. The second truth is that we have to be a people who are willing to be vulnerable. I think so often, especially as a woman, it's easy to hold and harbor all of these feelings inside of you, to be everything to everyone, and to really just try to do it all. You know, we've been taught to hustle and to work harder and to do more and to schedule more. But at the end of the day, where does that leave us? Burnout? Tired? Fatigued? Sick? I found myself in that exact same spot. That's the reason I think I went on this whole journey of really uncovering what it is. Because in me, biochemically, I was doing everything right. I was eating well and exercising like society told me, and yet I still crashed. I still got sick. So why? And I think that there has to be an expression of vulnerability, of being real and honest, letting go of pride, and asking for help. Telling others what are those deepest pains. Just being vulnerable to talk to other people about what it is that's going on in your life and letting them fill you and help you through that process. But in vulnerability comes truth number three, and that's being self-aware, not being understanding of what's happening in your body, being understanding of what's happening in your mind and your heart um, and your soul and, and really listening to that, to not just being aware, but doing something about that. And it's really, really hard, especially in a world where we're taught to listen to everything else around us. There is so much noise happening. Eat this, not that. Only eat this in a number of calories. This diet will work. You have to go ketogenic. Veganism is the only way. There's documentaries and it's just mass chaos is what it is. It's mass chaos. It's confusion. I can get wrapped up in the confusion where you read one study and it's for something and another thing is against it and you don't know what's right or wrong. But ultimately, if we really look in internally, we know that we're all different, we're all unique, and that there's not one clear path for any of us when it boils down to what we should eat, how much we should exercise, what kind of relationships we should be in. There really isn't anything, and really our best judge of anything is ourselves. It's just understanding us, understanding when we've reached our limits, when we've eaten too much, when something's not settling right with us, when there's a conviction of the spirit, when when we're just feeling down or when what makes us happy. Like I think sometimes we don't even know what makes us happy. We don't even know why we get into these depressed states. Like what it is, what are our triggers, what lights us up, what puts fire in us, what what provides passion. And that all comes down to self-awareness, being aware of yourself and in that, being vulnerable through that. 
That's tip number two. And number three, another tip is number four, which again, kind of flows with this, but kind of everything in life. And it's journaling or getting off devices. And that sounds cliche. Like everyone's telling us to put away your phone and it's an obsession and you know, you can become addicted, which are all things that are very true. But at the end of the day, There's something so tangible about taking pen to paper, about writing your thoughts and expressing your thoughts and writing things that you've learned. There's there's a deeper sense of learning. It can actually reach deeper parts of your brain um, where memory occurs. And it's essentially, it's making your brain work much harder, which in the end of the day is a really good thing. So you're training your brain and you're conditioning your brain to work well and to, to last where online is just... Um, minute parts of your brain that it's not using the full capacity like it could be. So you're not challenging it and working as hard. Plus there's the whole addiction side, the emotional side to it that really can just wreak havoc on us. So I think in all of us in health, one of the most important things that we could do is just step away, like step away from the computer, step away from your work and really just take time to journal, whether it's prayers or thoughts or, uh, things that you've learned throughout the day, things from books that you really want to take heart of. There is something so tangible about taking pen to paper, writing it out, and learning from that. So that's tip number four. And tip number five is relationships. My first encounter with what relationships can do to health came from listening to a psychiatrist and marriage counselor out in California. I'm not even sure where, and I couldn't even tell you his name. This was a year ago. And he specifically said, there's no chance that you will ever be healthy if your marriage isn't healthy. And I was just like, what? What? No one is talking about that, right? Like he specifically said that you can correlate perfectly your health with the health of your marriage. Even if you can't see it, even if it's not weight, but the health, your health with the health of your marriage really sums it up. And and just saying that, like boldly saying that without having healthy relationships, you will not be healthy. And that really triggered in me something about the emotional component of what relationships mean to us. And I think it's fascinating because at the end of the day, you can eat perfectly, you can exercise as much as you want, and you can still get unhealthy. Even if you're eating perfectly, no amount of healthy diet or the right amount of exercise can override the stress component of relationships because relationships are probably the most important or essential to survive. In fact, I've been reading this book called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. It's very scientific, uh, small print, but it's very, very fascinating if you like that kind of stuff. And it talks about the stress response in our body and how it's um, affecting fertility and our mentality and our weight and our immune system. And one of the studies that I found so fascinating, now this is really awful, and remember this came from a really long time ago, but a scientist, decades ago, I don't even know when it was, long, long time ago, was trying to study where if a child wasn't spoken to, what was the natural born language of a human, right? Like they were trying to decipher what is the underlying language of a human, and so what they did was that they put all these babies, these infants in isolation, and they planned to leave them in isolation, meaning like they only had human interaction without any touching, without any speaking when they needed fed or their diaper changed or whatever, you know, minimal contact. 
and they were waiting to see what they would start, what language they would use when they first started speaking. What actually happened is that none of them survived. And so while the study was to study what language was naturally born in every human, what they found out is that humans cannot survive without physical contact, without relationship. There is a true physiological need for human touch and human relationship. So all those 500 friends that you might have on Facebook or a thousand Instagram followers, right? Like that is not considered human relationship. We're talking physical touch, having a relationship, having a means of communication that goes so much deeper. And so all these infants died because they never had that physical touch, that relationship, the component of that love and nurturing that every child needs, that every human needs and every adult needs that you need. So there's something really, really profoundly powerful in our health as it deals with having healthy relationships. And I really want to dig into more of this because I think it's really fascinating and something that we've kind of let slip in this world of Instagram and Facebook and social media in general and text messaging is that we really don't have to be in contact with humans. Um, We can really sit at home and feel like we're being a part of the outside world when we're really not having to have any contact with anyone. We don't even really have to talk to anyone throughout the day if we choose not to. So relationships, critical and healthy ones. So how can we be and foster and create healthier relationships, even in the toxic situations? Maybe it means letting go of some relationships or working on some stuff, like not being shamed into believing that counseling isn't okay or getting help or talking with someone again, going back to that vulnerability and that self-awareness of what really is happening and getting to that rut. So relationships are critical. So those are the five truths that I feel like we've really, really brushed over in health. And and there's so much more, but really just comes from what's inside of each of us. And I think that we all have like a conviction or, or the root cause of really what creates this health issue. And we've been taught to band-aid it, right? We've been taught to medicate it. We've never really been taught to get to the root of that, to really dig in deep and find out what it is, is that hurdle in your life that is preventing you from jumping to the other side of lasting health. And in lasting health, a part of that is lasting joy, right? A lot of people can look healthy and be at a certain number, but lack a lot of joy. And health does not come without joy. We need to verge the two together and and say that it's more than a number. It's more than the image in the mirror. It's more than what size of jeans you have, how many likes your Instagram post gets, but it's a deeper, it's a heart issue. Um, And in that, it can really transform your health for good. So I'm not saying that diet and exercise are not a part of this. They are a critical component to this and we will surely go there. But I'm saying there has to be the foundation based in these five truths. And through that, you can see remarkable change. Deep breath. So here it is. I laid it all out there. Like I said, I'm probably more passionate than ever, and I have some really amazing guests coming on to really break this down further. Of course, I'll always be doing my solo shows, um, maybe more of the quick tips, like we had the one, like one of my most popular, should you be drinking lemon water, warm lemon water? Is that a truth or a fad? intermittent fasting, things like that, all things that we could really hack our health 
to be better off, but I want you to know that a critical part is this and really finding yourself and living in tune to that. So I'm really going to challenge you to do that and we're going to walk together on the path to being able to open ourselves up to that and being vulnerable with that um, and really just opening our mind to a new way, which can be scary when so much of our health has been taught to just eliminate and restrict and deprive and to starve. But isn't there so much more to life than that? And that's what I hope to help you do is to eat really good food that's really, really healthy for our body, exercise in a way that's honoring and respectful to our body, and really just living with this self-love that comes from, like I said in the beginning, the deepest root of knowing that God first loved us. So with that, I hope you stick around next week. We have a really awesome guest that's going to help us get to the rut. He recently released a book called Kill the Spider, which is essentially taking you to a place of not just clearing the cobwebs, not just medicating yourself, not just putting a bandaid on and trying to clear the cobwebs, but to kill the spider, that thing at your core that's preventing you from jumping to the other side. His name is Carlos Whitaker, and it is going to be amazing. But until then, I have a few readers questions that I thought I would answer just to give you a little bit more insight on things that you can do, the right next steps, my own health journey, and what I believe about veganism. So here we go. The first question is, what happened with the mold situation in your house? Now, if you've been following along on my email list, which you can hop on that at simplerootswellness.com and sign up, but I've been going through this really long journey of gaining my health back. So almost two years ago, I started to lose my health. I got really, really sick. I was not functioning well. Um, There was a whole host of things that I thought going wrong, testing, all these other things. Anyways, at the end of the day, um, it came back that I have a really large sensitivity to mold. And the mold was coming from my clothes, which we found out that my washing machine at the time was making me sick. If you want more information, email me. I'll send you all the information about that, the emails that I sent out about that. My washing machine was making me sick, which we got rid of the washing machine, but the mold issue was still there. Like I was still testing positive for mold. So fast forward a few months, I did a whole Facebook Live post, which I'll link in the show notes, about the Dawn dish soap and the bath water soaking my clothes and all of this mold came out of them. Like the, the murky color of the water was disgusting. Now, there's a lot of debate going on. Oh, I dyed the water. That was just dye from the clothes. Regardless, the mold came out of the clothes. Um, It did not actually end up working. A lot of them did um, get rid of the mold, but actually the Dawn dish soap ruined the clothes. Um, So I don't advise that. However, we do know Dawn dish soap really does is one of the only agents that can actually kill mold. However, during that time, I had another company reach out who was doing some trials on a new product that... Um, came in not to kill mold, but to change the environment of the surface so that mold could no longer grow and the mold that was growing could no longer survive, which I think is pretty cool because I'm always about like, don't just kill that thing, but change the environment so that no thing can grow. I think it's a fascinating and different way to, to look at health and I really, really value that perspective. And so they came in, they sprayed our whole house. They showed me how to soak my clothes and it worked. Like, I would say that while I'm still detoxing mold, it's been about a month, uh, probably almost two months since they sprayed my house, I'm still detoxing the mold. Like I still have a mold rash on my back and it's better on my chest, which I also showed pictures of that. 
but I'm still detoxing it. But overall, I feel so much better. And it's the first time I'm actually going to the doctor and testing strong um, and holding holding strong. So it's been pretty awesome to see. As soon as I get permission, I will share all the information about that product. Again, it was super simple, super safe. Um, it's really fascinating how it works. And I've really, really valued that. So stay tuned for that. I'll share more when I can right now. I just can't share the company name or anything like that since it's still getting approval and testing um, and it's getting its final certificates or whatever it means to sell it. Now, the second question I had is I'm new to nutrition. It's overwhelming. I'm completely confused. I've tried so many other things. Now I'm back to where I started. So if you had anyone starting out, what would be that one thing you would have them focus on? And I love this question because they realize like, hey, I've done everything. I've tried the all or nothing approach. Nothing seems to be working. I'm back where I was. Now what? Like I'm at my, I'm at the end of the rope. I've reached the point of no return. I want help. I want to make change, but I really want to do it right. And I love, love, love this. So my first thing is always intermittent fasting. I believe in intermittent fasting so much, and I believe that it can change the way that our body heals and works and metabolically and hormonally. So intermittent fasting basically, and I have a whole podcast about this. Again, I'll put in the show notes, but it it's a time to eat and a time to rest. So you eat all of your food within a certain number of hours during the day, and you let the other hours be rest. I say that you have to allow at least 12 hours every day for rest or a fasting period, the absence of food. So say you start eating breakfast at 7 a.m., you have to be completely finished eating by 7 p.m. Now that's like a very starting point. If you've been doing intermittent fasting for a while, I challenge you to go down to 10 hours and then go down to eight hours and try to eat all of your food within about an eight hour window. Like keep progressing to that point and see how your body responds. But ultimately no one should eat outside that 12 hour window. So that's what I would say, start there. Like whatever time you start breakfast, you have to be finished eating within a 12 hour window and nothing outside of that water. There's some debate on coffee, um, bulletproof coffee especially, which just has the addition of like brain octane oil or MCT oil to that um, to help you in that fasting state. But the real reason behind this is, is that fasting helps to reset your hormones. It also allows the release of melatonin into your body, which we've been finding what we, I say that like I've been doing research. What I've been finding through research is that melatonin is really, really powerful in preventing diseases and inflammation, especially things like cancer. And so we really want to release the maximum amount of melatonin, which is our sleep hormone, helps us to reach deep sleep, which in deep sleep is when we do a lot of healing in our body. So maybe they're correlated. They probably are correlated because of that. But melatonin is only released in the absence of insulin. Other things that um, block melatonin from being released are artificial blue lights, like looking at your phone or watching shows at night after dark. Blue light blocking glasses can help immensely. Some people wear them all day. I really love them. And I'll link the ones that I like in the show notes, super inexpensive, under $20, and really can change your sleep patterns and your eyes and just your brain fog in general. But 12-hour window, go back and listen to that podcast. I'm going to be sharing more on that um, as I've learned more about this sleep patterns and how important that is. I also have Dr. Bruce who's been on the show before. He's the sleep doctor, and he has some fascinating information about that as well. 
But intermittent fasting, whatever time you start, or maybe you pick like you want to eat supper with your family and you eat at six every night or 6.30 or seven, whatever it is, just go 12 hours from the last meal of the day, 12 hours until the next day. Intermittent fasting, that's what I would say. And one last question I got from Katie, she states, I've done a good amount of research on the paleo diet in the past. One thing I will never agree with is the fact that the premise of the diet stems from the belief that we came from the Netherlands. I don't believe that at all, but what struck me about it is the research I found about grains causing inflammation and contributing to autoimmunity. But I've also read in the past about veganism and much of what people say about it makes sense also. So needless to say, I feel very confused. And one moment I'm adding powdered bone broth to my smoothies, thinking about all the benefits experts say it will have on my body. But in another sense, I'm wondering, are the vegan people right? And is this actually depleting my health? I need some help gaining perspective. What should I do? This is, again, a great question that fills the gap of all this confusion that we have going on. We have the paleo community. We have the vegan community. No one really knows or understands what's right. I mean, I say that like we're all sorting through this confusion about what's right. And of course, there's benefits and signs promoting both and against both. So what is right? And ultimately, I have to say that you are your best judge. Like, again, it goes back to self-awareness. I don't think that there's any one diet that fits every single person. I think we're all unique and have a unique set of needs. And so it's trying things out. It's being able to experiment with your diet, to take a base, right? So maybe you want to try veganism. You try it. Like you take a base and you build off of that. Maybe you get into it and you find like a lot of people, you know, the majority of people probably can't handle veganism without some major supplementation. Um, So if you feel tired or groggy or like you have brain fog or you're hungry all the time, you're probably not doing it right. Maybe you need to add some animal proteins to that and go vegetarian. Or maybe just add more meat to that, like good quality source meat, and that's what your body needs. However, on the other hand, you could go on the paleo route, right, and just build off of that. Now, I think that there is some truth to some specific things that we need in our diet, like a very plant-based diet, right? Um, But for me personally, and the majority of the people I see, I think that we're really lacking in the animal proteins and the nutrients that are involved with those. We're just depleted in them, um, and supplementation hasn't come up to standards yet that really allows that to fill those gaps well. However, some people can handle it really, really, really well. I can't discount that. But if you're on either side of the spectrum, like paleo life, and you're not seeing the results and you feel sluggish and tired, maybe you're eating too many animal proteins and you need to back it down a little bit. On the other side, if you're a vegan and you're just feeling tired and sluggish and worn out, maybe you need to amp that up. I really believe in what they call the flexitarian lifestyle, where it's mostly plant-based, but then you add, you know, a serving or two of animal proteins, good source animal proteins a day. I don't rely on it. I don't rely on protein as my source. I would say the majority of my diet, I really focus on the fat component of that, the healthy fats, um, and fill it in with animal products. But outside of that, I don't I don't tend to follow one specific diet or another, um, which can be confusing in itself. But that's my two cents on that. Listen to your body and know that what you're providing your body and if your body feels good is right for your body. If it doesn't feel good, then start playing with it and working with things to get it there. So thank you so much for sharing those questions. You can keep them coming in. I'll answer them about once a month on the show um, and help you out. But like I said, 
I hope you're looking forward to what's ahead on Simple Roots Radio. I'm so excited for this change. Given for months, I really wasn't, and I was nervous and overwhelmed by it. But I think you're really going to like what you're finding as you stick around and as we go on this journey of health together. So like I mentioned, stay tuned. Next week, we have Carlos Whitaker on the show, and he's going to talk about how we can kill the spider in our life, not just get rid of the cobwebs, but kill the spider creating those cobwebs, and you are going to love it. I can't wait for that. In the meantime, head on over to the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 057 to get all the information and resources on today's show. And make sure you sign up for the email list to stay up to date on what's happening on Simple Roots Wellness, my own journey, and where we can better connect. So again, to sign up for my email list, head on over to simplerootswellness.com and leave your name and email address. And one last thing before we go... I, again, am beyond honored for you to be on the show, but one of the things that make the show go round and really helps other people who wouldn't otherwise hear about the show find it and listen to it is your rating and review. iTunes loves ratings and reviews, which means I also love ratings and reviews. To leave an honest rating and review, head on over to simplerootswellness.com slash review. It literally takes two minutes of your time, and it means the world of me. You only have to leave one rating and review, so you don't feel like you have to keep going back. But once you leave your rating and review, like I said, this really makes the show go around. It helps the show to be visible and findable, um, and really just allowing other people to find out about Simple Roots Radio who wouldn't otherwise. It would mean the world to me, and I seriously cherish every single one of them. So head on over there if you have two minutes to spare and do that for me. In the meantime, here's to living nourished this week, to living on fire, to really soaking in and understanding your own body, to creating self-awareness. I can't wait to hear what you think about the show. Make sure you leave some comments below or shoot me back an email and let me know. And I'll see you next week with Carlos Whitaker.